Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for October 7th. I'm your host, Jan Garcia, and joining me is Tim motherfucking Yetis. Holy shit, I went from being like, okay, I like this, I like this, to like, whoa, wait, how long is this going to go on to? I am legitimately impressed, Janet. That was fantastic. Good for you. Good for you. You got them lungs. You should swim. You know what I mean? I don't know how that much is that going to help, but like. (laughs) Just start start swimming. I actually can't swim. Just keep swimming. No, I can't do like a a lot of stuff. Like I can't swim. I can't. Correct. I don't know how. You know, people always say that, but then also, I feel like with a pool too, like, or with, you know, the ocean or the water or whatever, it's such a specific context. Yeah. Like, when are we no. going to be by a body of water together? I don't even yeah. think I've, I've seen you in real life outside yeah, of a square muted. or a circle on the internet. All right, there we go. Sorry. Good catch, Tim. I don't know yeah. why I didn't go... I know I streamed it. Now, no, Janet, you know, you bring that up and that's funny. Uh, I was talking to Gia a couple days ago and you came up somehow and I was like, uh, we were just talking about, oh, we're going to do Game Sailing together. And then uh, she was like, have you ever met her in real life? And I was like, holy shit, I haven't. That feels crazy. Like, it feels I like I have. But the yeah. only, I think the only kind of funny people that I've met in real life is Blessing. And I remember it's so funny when I met Blessing too, like in, in person, because he was, was at the IGN studio for, um, I, I want to say it was our Black History Month stream. And like, I remember being like, oh, Blessing's there. And like, I kind of knew him on Twitter and like, you know, we're cordial or whatever. We were mutuals. Like he followed me, I followed him. But then um, I was like, in my head about it a little bit i'm like okay like i'm gonna go you know this is someone i like really respect in the industry like i'm gonna try to like say really? hi to him like i caught him in the cafeteria or whatever well, not the cafeteria but you know like where you eat your lunches and shit and i was like oh hey blessing like i just want to you know say hi like you know blah blah, blah. like you, you great job on the stream like thanks for being here and it's so funny looking back at that because like yep. now knowing blessing like way more on a personal level i'm like oh blessings like such a goof like total clown i was like walking up to him like he was the big cheese and stuff yeah the thought of like the thought of talking to blessing so and obviously like with all y'all like i have a much closer relationship already so we'd probably meet and i'd be like yo like you know great to finally meet in person but with blessing like we didn't have as much of like a casual rapport so it was like i'm like okay this is like blessing of kind of funny like i got all like serious and shit but i'm like it's just blessing that is that is the absolute best jen another thing i wanted to bring up to you is right before uh we went live in the show we were talking about the the mario um the the anniversary game and watch mm-hmm. thing that you got and you were talking about the the ball mini game or i guess it wasn't a mini game back then it was just a game uh for yep. the game and watch and it reminded me of a couple things that i feel like would be so up your alley if you had the chance to play them did you ever play super mario 64 ds yes the mini games the mini games seem like the most janet garcia stuff and then of they're course, so the classic, good pokemon stadium on the n64 you ever play yep. those mini games yep kids club yep 
Always. Yep, I like hit up Kids Club the other day. It was funny because I was just like sort of in a, I think like a, a, a bad mood or like a frumpy mood. And I was just like, you know what? I could use some joy right now. And I like boot. I have my N64 like pretty easy to set up. And I use the um, like Eon Gaming has like these little adapters that like make it so you can plug in an HDMI cable. They're awesome. It's like the cheapest thing you can get outside of just having to mod it yourself. And I'm like, I don't want to mod it myself. I don't know how to mod it myself. I don't want to pay someone to mod it. So the Eon, even though it's a little bit pricey, I think it's like 125 or 150, maybe more. Um, but it's still like in that good range if you're like really into these old consoles. So I like put in like Pokemon Stadium and I'm like, I just want to play some kids club. And like my boyfriend's like, are you all right? Are you having like a, like a breakdown? I'm like, it doesn't matter. Pick up your sticks. We're going to toss some snakes. Like, we're going to eat some sushi. sushi. <laughs> I have never in my life, please let me know in the chat, y'all, if you have this experience, because I've played how many hours of that sushi mini game? I could not tell you the currency of that damn game. I forget every time. I'm like, what's the good sushi? Like, this one's worth how much money? Like, I never know. I just start eating everything in sight and hoping for the best. And the CPU always waxes me. Kevin strategy, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we get started, favorite uh, kids club mini game in pokemon stadium i mean i think it has to be the sushi one it's the most memorable for sure i the sushi one's really good i like the snake the the well it's not the you all know it's, it's ecans or whoever the hell but you know it's it's a freaking snake um the ring toss one because i'm really good at it mm, and i mm. like that randomly too it'll be like oh you get the gold one that pops up and you gotta like like plan that out i think my least favorite one is um Probably the Ratata Ratatata run because I just can't. Oh, yeah. I like that enough. one. Also, I, I was um, always a fan of that. I got the rhythm down. Yeah. God, shout out good. to you, Pokemon Stadium. I want Let's a Pokemon Stadium remake. Exactly. Like y'all just out here with again. the snap and like the snap. It wasn't really a remake. It was a new entry. Like it didn't hit. Like don't do Pokemon Stadium two anymore. Like just do the old one again. But yeah, you know, I digress. Um, all right, let's go ahead and get into it, y'all. Uh, today's stories include Guardian of the Galaxy's dev studio moving to a four day work week. Randy Pitchford stepping down as Gearbox software president. Amazon's reaction to new world success and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily, where each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kind of funny dot com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games, roosterteeth.com or listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily use the epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and Fortnite to help support kind of funny and to be part of the show head over to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free along with the exclusive daily post show some housekeeping for y'all thank you to our patreon producers pranksy and blackjack today we're brought to you by doordash honey and american giant but we'll tell you about that later for now let's begin what is and forever will be the rubber report it's time for some news we have a baker's dozen starting with uh, our headlining story and one of my like favorite in the bunch Guardians of the Galaxy Studio shifts to a four-day work week. This comes over from their official website under their news category. And this is both Eidos Montreal, which is the studio that's directly developing the upcoming Guardians of the Galaxy game, uh, and Eidos Sherbrooke will switch to a four-day work week spread across, of course, four days. And uh, I believe the hours are 32 hours. Uh, they announced this on their official website, and they had a little FAQ section. So I'm going to read out some of those questions that they sort of 
you know, ask themselves to conveniently answer and kind of trim it down a little bit. So uh, starting off with just more on this initiative and how the transition will happen. This initiative is another step towards the embodiment of the studio's values, building a healthy, creative and sustainable work environment for our employees. Currently, our various teams are working on the development of transition plans to ensure success and maintain the highest standards in the industry. In the next few weeks, the Montreal and Sherbrooke studios will be officially closed on Fridays without changing the working conditions currently in place, nor the salaries of employees, thus switching from the 40-hour week to a 32-hour week. Does this mean that the workload of the teams will have to be condensed within four days? The idea is not to condense the working hours into four days, but rather to review our ways of doing things and our quality time invested with the aim of working better. Above all, we want to increase the productivity and well-being of our employees. Concretely, we want to reduce the time at work, but increase the quality of the time invested, whether it's on a team basis or for the studio as a whole, a promising right balance for everything. We hope that this will eliminate unnecessary time and build efficiency, for example, by reducing internal meetings from one hour to 30 minutes. How did the idea and the need come about for Eidos Montreal and Eidos Sherbrooke to adapt work schedules? Uh, this is the last question we'll have to round this out. We've been wondering for a while about how can an ecosystem and a company increase their efficiency without compromising the well-being of their employees? With remote working, which has transformed the way we collaborate, we had already started an important cultural transition with the implementation of a rest period, access to a personal financial advisor, access to telemedicine platform, reimbursement of mental health care and physical activity costs. Damn, y'all hiring? Uh, with the various okay, pilot okay. projects all over the world, whether in Iceland, in the civil service, or other examples of companies operating in technology industries, the results are conclusive. We are convinced that this renewed management of working time will help cultivate the creativity and motivation of teams and become a real driver of innovation and performance. Tim, react. This is a huge deal. Uh, this is definitely like the first major AAA studio to do this. There's like so much that goes into it, especially with it being a Montreal studio and how many studios are popping up up there. Um, and there's a lot of competition, right? There, this is going to be a, a huge kind of get for them for talent of people kind of like uh, looking for different options as developers uh, to any extent of when they're looking at options up in Montreal of where they want to work. Like, yeah, uh, not only is this AAA, but it's AAA like making some really good calls that seem to be like really kind of like looking out for the employees while still looking out for the product. Um, it's very interesting. I think at the end of the day, like we've talked about this a couple weeks ago when um, oh, I'm forgetting what the studio was. I think it was Young Horses, Snacks team. Young, Snacks, horses. Yep. Young Horses, yeah, where they announced this. And it's like, it's the reality is it doesn't matter your size, whether you're a small team or a AAA studio. It's about what is your product? What is the management? What is the systems? Who is your team? All of that stuff. And I think that at the end of the day, this stuff lives or dies on leadership and management of time and, and um, kind of expectations of employees and employees kind of understanding what those expectations are and being equipped to be able to hit them. Um, so I, this is great. I, I think it's interesting. I don't think this works for everybody, but I love that Eidos Montreal are confident it works for them and they're implementing it. So that's, this is, this is awesome. And I think that this is going to a hundred percent as we've already kind of seen shifts happen. Every studio has to kind of look at themselves and start asking a lot of questions and try to come up with answers that aren't just, Oh, we're going to do it this way because we've done it that way forever. At what point do you think this could become a standard set thing, at least in the games industry? And then as a larger question, like, do you think the four day work week is where we're moving towards as like a society? 
No, I don't. And I don't think that it necessarily should be the standard. I think that the standard should be whatever is right for each individual company and that, that, that there is no standard when it comes to that stuff. What I do think is really key and important to bring into is uh, the most important thing in fields that involve tech. Um, the, of course, that includes game development, that includes things like we do, whatever. It's the ability to adapt and not get comfortable. Know that the world is changing around you. That's what tech is, right? It is a constantly evolving thing. And to really like look at yourself and be like, what is the best way for us to move forward? I kind of funny, it's what we do every year. That's why we do our kind of funny day where it's like, we kind of look at the last year, shed the things that aren't working, try to implement things that are working, make some changes so that it just keeps getting better and better and more efficient, more optimized, right? And I think that a huge boon for that, it has been the idea of working remote. And when it comes to a lot of these big development studios, that has just never been an option period it was just like you either are in these major big cities or you're not able to to work there and it's that's not even an option but because of the pandemic one of the upsides of everything is it kind of forced everybody in these fields to get more equipped and informed on how tech works and it made everything easier and it also forced a lot of systems like the google drives of the world and the the video conferencing and like so many different messaging systems to improve and to work around creating a system that works for remote work so because of that so many factors and so many things are being cut away and we've kind of had the last two years to iron out some of the wrinkles it's not perfect yet but it is way better than it used to be and I'm, i can say this as a confirmation that going forward kind of funny will always be hybrid in some form even when we have our new studio like we are still coming up with ways to be able to work with janet who's down in la um and that has been like a core tenet of the vision of where our company's going because why would we not do this thing and we used to be vehemently against that um for different reasons mainly chemistry mainly like we wanted to have the in-person vibe and all that stuff but the world forced us to create vibes just like we talked about at the start of the show i've never met you janet and i feel like i've known you for years like it's fine and it works and this shows the quality is all there that i can speak authoritatively for what that means for content creation there are people that can speak authoritatively for what that means for game development and i think that idos montreal what, what they're saying here it's not just them deciding to do this it's them explaining why they decided to do this in this article that i think is the the key element people over there get it people over there are understanding what they need to do for their product and with their team and this seems like the answer we'll see in a couple of years but at the end of the day why i'm not sure that this is necessarily the answer i do know that this to me proves that the leadership over there is willing to adapt and they're trying and they're going to experiment and in a couple of years we'll see where they're at i'm hopeful though yeah i like that you brought up the the pandemic and how it's impacted the way we work um i and i feel like we see this in so many examples whether it's like professional or personal but when life forces your hand you will find a way i think like human beings are incredibly resilient and it's like if people would have been asked like oh would you go like full remote with your company i think a lot of companies would say no but like the options are you either do this remotely or you don't do this at all so they're like we're gonna figure it out and then mm -hmm. and for the most part everyone did obviously uh definitely a lot of businesses really suffered so i'm not pretending like oh this improved work everywhere because we've seen so many instances of you know issues pop up um especially just in different industries with like you know uh kind of i'm blanking on the term now but it's not mandatory worker. What is it called? Essential workers, where it's like, oh, suddenly the, the retail people that no one ever seems to care about is now targets now an essential business um, and figuring out all that stuff. But for me, I do think we are moving towards the 40 hour work week as a whole, the, the four day work week as a whole, um, like as 
like humanity. I don't know how quickly we'll get there. I don't think we'll get there in my lifetime. Um, and obviously some fields are different. Like the idea of being like a single content creator and working four days, I think that is kind of feasible, but it's weird because then you'd have like less stream. You'd inherently be locked in a way that I think maybe isn't conducive to some of the elements of how people create in our industry. But I certainly think across the board, like we've seen so many studies of people being more productive, happier with a four day work week. Um, I actually jumped to uh, this article written by CultureAmp.com that just sort of broke down like the history of work, at least like in the United States and how there used to be an 80 to 100 hour work week, like in the 1800s, which is like impossible. Like I can't even fathom that much work. Um, and it wasn't until like, you know, factory work and all of that sort of ended up popularizing the 40 hour work week. Like, I think people forget that we didn't just the, the 40 hour work week didn't just exist. That was a, a movement pushed by workers and businesses and legislators. And it became standard like that. The reason we have those 40 hours, like they come from somewhere. It's not just, oh, this is the end all be all. And I think, you know, a lot of time has passed over you know the passage of time and it's a different world than it was in 1940 but we're still using the same standard time and i think that could at least use some re-examining and i'm glad that studios are are doing that re-examining i also really like that in this um faq they mentioned like a little bit of how they're doing it and one thing they mentioned is like reducing internal meetings and like depending on the company you work for if you have like a white collar job that has a common meetings and, and certainly blue collar you have meetings too but they're kind of at a different cadence and scale um yeah i i totally relate to like being in an office and feeling like there's the work i need to do and then the stuff that's stopping me from work and sometimes that stuff stopping me from work is necessary to do better work so i'm not saying meetings are never useful but so often it feels like you have these flows and they just kind of come to a halt um and in that cultural amp article they mentioned like a survey from this company at task that like surveyed work and how people spend their time and they found that 45% is primary job duties and 40% is meetings, administrative tasks and interruptions, and then 14% email. So I do think like looking at that, it's like, where can we trim the fat? And some of that is in those extra practices and how we can like make those more efficient. So I like that idea. And I really like that they got in front of talking about what the four day work week means, because I can definitely see worlds where that doesn't work out. Because again, if you're just jam packing what you've always done into a smaller amount of time like that's just adding stress so i like that they're being thoughtful of that um and just trying to figure out ways to make their product and make it ethically I, I feel like that's just been such a huge conversation in the space and i'm hoping that as more studios are doing these good practices it pushes everybody to make that the new standard where we, i hope that one day we can look back and be even more horrified at like the situations of crunch and things and say, wow, like, look how far we've come from that. It's crazy that people used to develop under those conditions. We know so much more now, and now we're making better games as a result. Um, any final thoughts before we head into our next story? Yeah. I mean, I think that you brought up a really interesting thing about like the independent contractors or like what that means today, which is a lot of independent creators. Right. And it's like, at the end of the day, they, that's leadership. They are then the ones in charge of managing their own time. They are a business. And so it's like, the, if, if a four day work week works for them, it does. If, if it doesn't, it doesn't, it might require a six day work week, but a six day work week isn't necessarily a nine to five. It's not necessarily eight hours a day. And I think a very important thing to realize, and then this is something that I like, always think about when it comes to kind of funny and as we've heard the young horses news and like this stuff it's i firmly believe that all hours are not equal an hour in a meeting is not the same as an hour prepping a show is not the same as an hour being on a show all this stuff and we need to kind of keep that in mind as we look at our, our work days where some one hour can 
be equal to three hours of uh, output. And I think that that's kind of the, and in, it, that can also work in the other way too, where sometimes three hours of time isn't necessarily, you're, you're working, you're on the clock, but you're not really working. I'm like, I was just tapped like, into Twitter the whole time. I'm like, yeah, oh, totally, damn, this, totally. I haven't written this and, review yet. And with that, I think it is, it's, it all comes down to a balance of management of time and resources. And that starts with the leadership level, but then it goes down to the employees as well to make sure that they are doing their best work and working within the system to make things happen. And when it comes to meetings and stuff, it's like the, you, there needs to be action items for meetings. There needs to be a reason that things are happening. Kind of Funny has one standing meeting a week. That's it. We get together for oh, 30 man, minutes so good. <laughs> and we talk about stuff and any other meeting is a one-off thing of like, Hey, we need to have this conversation here. We need to plan this thing here and whatever. Uh, but it's just like, don't waste people's time. I think that that is, that's so important because like that is how you're able to cut down hours. That is how you're able to best use the hours that you're actually putting in. Uh, but yeah, I, I just, I think that it is important to, to keep in mind that at the end of the day, it's about what is right for the thing that you're trying to do. And like, I think that there are a lot of independent content creators that um, are in over their heads. And if they were to just work a little harder at optimizing, they could work a lot less to get even more. You know, I'm feeling really attacked right now as an independent content creator. But no, you're totally right. I, I love the phrase that not all hours are equal because I think that's true. And something that I try to remind myself as I look at my own hours and start trying to like log, okay, how much time am I really putting into things? And then what kind of work week do I want to gun for hours wise? How many days off do I want to have? Um, and what am I doing with my time? And it's like such, like, you know, and obviously we, we work in a very specific industry that like might not be relatable to a lot of people listening, but it's like, being having that self-awareness as like a freelancer of sometimes my workday does include like this big break of time or running some errands or taking a nap so that when I wake up and I do my stream or I do content, y'all get my best self, my rested, ready to go self. And like that is part of my workflow, like taking those breaks and being prepared and showing up and giving it your all at every piece of content that you do as much as you possibly can. Um, yeah. And I think, too, like. That, that kind of dips into like the, I guess, unconventional work structures too, where you can have a six day work week, but not even work 40 hours. And I think like part of that definitely plays a role. Um, I saw someone in chat say this could have been an email. And that is so true. Yes, there are a lot of meetings where it's like, is this is this here because we need it here? Or is it here because it seems like it'd be good to constantly be checking in on metrics and how we're doing? It's like the illusion of, I think, striving for improvements while you're really just taking a lot of people's time. And I'm so impressed to hear that y'all have so few meetings and do so much. Um, I think that's really impressive. And yeah, I think, look, it's always worth examining that and how can you optimize? What's the most optimized, joyous, productive workflow you can create for yourself? whatever that means for you. And um, I'm really excited to see, uh, you know, what these studios put out and what they end up learning. You know, I really hope to hear more about like a, a sort of retrospective, like, you know, maybe um, was a game developer.com now, no longer Gamasutra. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> um, I, I would love to see like some reflections on that because I'm sure these studios are going to learn so much in the process of doing this and have so many mm -hmm. challenges, but also successes. So um, I really hope we hear more um, stories like this, but also stories reporting back on what was taken away and, and what kind of came out of it. Um, but yeah. All right, let's jump to our next story, which is Rander Pitchford steps down, mostly sort of, kind of. Uh, I'm pulling from an article written by IGN's Matt Kim with the headline, Gearbox's Randy Pitchford steps down as Gearbox software president, remains as Gearbox Entertainment CEO. 
Here are the details. Gearbox Software has announced that former chief technology officer Steve Jones will now serve as the new president of Gearbox Software following a leadership shuffle. Gearbox Entertainment co-founder Randy Pitchford will still serve as CEO and president of the Gearbox pairing company and shift his focus towards film and TV as the president of the newly formed Gearbox Studios. Was that confusing? Well, buckle up. Basically, the video game development wing of Gearbox, responsible for games like Borderlands, will now be run by Jones. Meanwhile, Gearbox's pairing company, Gearbox Entertainment, which was acquired by the Embracer Group earlier this year, will be overseen by Pitchford. Furthermore, Pitchford will serve as president of a new division called Gearbox Studios, which will oversee the company's film and TV projects, starting with the upcoming Borderlands live action movie. And the first thing I thought of this when I read it was like, this explains like that weird E3 moment, which was very entertainment focused. Like, I don't know if that was sort of a little bit that, of that angle. Uh, but yeah, what are your thoughts on this? Um, are you invested in what's going on at Gearbox? Are you a fan of those games? Are you looking forward to like their entertainment verticals? Uh, no, uh, to answer your question there. But the, the real, and, and that's just me. Uh, I know that there's a ton of fans of Borderlands and stuff uh, at Kind of Funny. But uh, this, this is news that I saw it pop in, uh, in, in my inbox last night. And I read the, the headline of it. And I was just like, oh, shit, it's finally happening. And then you start reading. And you're like, oh, no, it's not finally happening. It's just kind of shifting things around a little bit. But Pitchford's still there. Okay, sure, I guess. Like, I'm, I don't really know what to think about this. I, I don't know what the real reason is if it is just like hey they're growing so they they need more leadership because they are doing stuff they've never done before with the entertainment studios type of shit so it's like cool we're gonna focus on games and randy's gonna focus on that stuff and that just it is what it is or are these moves investment moves where they're trying to please uh people that are the, the investors and you know there's been a lot of negative press about randy and they don't want to be involved in that stuff as much i don't know yeah, I I kind of feel the same way where I, I also first read this and was like, oh, this is like a big shift. And then it's like, oh, I mean, it, it definitely can mean different things for like the development side of things, his like lack of involvement. Um, I don't know how much we'll feel that in the actual games or if we're, you know, it, that stuff's always hard to pin down. Um, but yeah, I did read this also the same way as like, oh, Randy Pitchford's finally out and then it's like, oh, now nah, he's just working on other stuff. So uh, I mean, I think there's a couple ways to look at this. One is is that angle of sort of being like, surprised that this isn't what it initially seemed like it was at a quick glance at a first headline uh and then the other thing is i feel like we're seeing a lot of these kind of internal shifts um just like even putting all the problematic stuff aside just people shifting roles to kind of let other people take the rein and i think we'll see more of that as like franchises get deeper and deeper into their like developing history of like okay well what's going to be sustainable for, you know, forever. Obviously, I don't, I'm not completely versed in um, the background of Steve Jones's career and where he kind of sits in the industry um, in terms of like these companies. But I think there is a bit of like passing the torch, but then also shifting. I think it also just speaks to the, like the growth of, you know, Gearbox's parent company and what they're doing there. Um, and then it also like, of course, reminds me of how much games and entertainment as like a combo and as like, you know, turning games into films and television shows has been like so on the rise lately and obviously it had its surgence like a long time ago and now it's kind of in that like upswing again um and yeah i i can't say i'm totally super excited at the thought of like really any any game adaptation um obviously i'm looking forward to like what hbo does with the last of us but if you like ask me like do you want hbo to make the last of us show i'm like i don't really i don't i'm not i don't really care too much about there being a last of Us show because for me that love that ip still will be rooted in where i found it um and then i'm also not like a, a big gearbox fan like i played borderlands 3 
it's fine. There's a lot of guns. There's some bad writing. <laughs> like I wasn't a fan of Borderlands. Um, but yeah, that's kind of uh, my read on this. So I don't know. We'll see if this means that we're going to see more stuff from that kind of entertainment vertical and if we'll kind of see those things branch out. Obviously, they have that. Uh, was it Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, which is not a Borderlands game, but like is a Borderlands game Borderlands situation. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the, the entertainment vertical stuff is really interesting and is different than it's ever been because of the streaming wars going on right now. And when you look at all the, the major streaming platforms, it's interesting that Sony is pretty much the, the only one that that makes movies that doesn't have its own streaming platform. You know, Universal has Peacock, Disney Plus. It's Disney Plus, right? I don't need to explain that more. Like, um, So it's interesting with Sony, with PlayStation, they got their PlayStation Studios or Sony Studios, whatever they're calling it, the PlayStation TV division, uh, working on their TV shows. And, you know, we got the Uncharted movie that is semi-involved in that, but whatever, there's a lot going on. I am uh, of the, the, the standpoint of like, I don't, need video games to be made into movies or tv shows but i think that they totally can work i don't think that they have worked yet but i think that they uh have more than the potential to like comic book movies didn't work until they did and then they did that's so, so true so it's like I, I i think that uh last of us i'm very excited for it because i think that especially all the information on that I'm stoked for it. the team working on it. I'm like, cool. They're doing it. They're doing this. All right. Uh, after this game's daily, we're going to be reacting to the resident evil. Welcome to raccoon city trailer. So we'll see where that goes. Uh, but I, I, I think that there's, there will be a point that video game movies and TV shows are, are beloved. And I think that it's going to take a lot of missteps to get there. But at the end of the day, we're moving towards a subscription-based future for video games as evidenced by Game Pass and all of the other, you know, UB, whatever the hell, all the different ones there are. But like Game Pass is the best example. But look how often Game Pass has uh, deals where it's like, cool, get Game Pass. You also get Disney Plus. You also get like these tastes of some uh, streaming platforms. You've got to imagine the ultimate goal is these companies being like, hey, get this one service that allows you to get video games and movies and this and that, whatever. So it's it's just the last of us live. It's inevitable future. Yeah, right, cool. So future is we got a four day work week. Mm -hmm. uh, game media is good now, mm -hmm. like yeah. media based games. And we have even more streaming platforms to choose from. And they're all weirdly bundled. Um, and Amazon is making games and the games actually are good, which we're already kind of in that future a little bit, yeah. which brings me to our next story, which is Amazon's new CEO flexes a bit after New World's receptions. For this, I go to GameSpot's Eddie Makuch, uh with the headline Janet, New World CEO. Janet, yep. no, no, no. I need to stop you. I need to stop you right there. Congratulations. Congratulations on the best segue you ever did. I'm a huge segue fan. Oh, thank you. That was seamless. That was so good. Every once in a while, it just works out. And oh, it does. you made that work so good. So congratulations. It really does. You set me up. You know, you you tossed it and I just knocked it out of the park. You, you know, did. it's you it's, did. That, it's that report. It's, it's the gone. Garcia Getty's information squad report. Let's you can only go. get it here. Mm -hmm. Exclusive to kind of funny. Uh, New World headline. Um, New World CEO has a message for people who doubted Amazon. Um, speaking Tuesday at a GeekWire event, as reported by Bloomberg, Jassy acknowledged, uh, who's like the CEO, uh, acknowledged Amazon's struggle in the world of video games in recent years. He even specifically referred to a previous Bloomberg story about Amazon's shortcomings with regards to gaming, which I think is kind of funny when you think of like Bloomberg reports on them throwing shade at Bloomberg. So anyway. I digress. Uh, continue with the article continues. There were a lot of articles written, people saying things like Amazon knows how to build everything but games. Why can't they build games? Jassy said it takes a few before you find a hit or several, but they didn't lose their resolve. 
Amazon shooter Crucible was one of the company's failed gaming endeavors, while Amazon also canceled a game called Breakaway. The publisher was going to make a Lord of the Rings MMO 2 before it fell apart as well. You're going to have some games fail spectacularly, Jassy said in the same speech. Jassy mentioned that he believes video games could become the, quote, largest entertainment category over the long haul, Bloomberg reported. Amazon's founder and former CEO, Jeffrey Bezos, has also addressed New World's success. He said on Twitter, after many failures and setbacks in gaming, we have a success. So proud of the team for the persistence. View setbacks as helpful obstacles that drive learning. Whatever your goals are, don't give up, no matter how hard it gets. Thank you, Jeffrey Bezos, for that. The inspiring as ever, Jeff. Um, yeah. But there we go. That is uh, sort of their reaction to New World. Uh, have you played New World? And are you surprised by the reception, the positive reception of New World so far? I have not played New World. I am very surprised by the positive reception to it. Uh, but I am only surprised because of how out of it I'll, I am. I remember Andy's been talking about this for a long time, and like he kind of called this one, where he's just like, I, I think this one's going to be a big deal, and boom, here it is. Uh, people are loving it, and, you know, hey, at the end of the day, I, I hope that this shit succeeds. It's like the same shit as all the people that when Google uh, Stadia was announced, and everyone was just like, ah, oh, fuck this, fuck this, fuck this. It's like, you should want this to work. Like, why are we trying to hate on these ideas and like this stuff that's pushing stuff forward? Like, come on. And then inevitably when it's not good, it's just like, oh, I told you so. It's like, that shouldn't be the attitude. We should want this to be able to, to exist in addition to how we're normally playing games already. Like, it just, it only makes things better. But uh, this is an example for me where it's like, yeah, Amazon has so much money. They have so much ability to do interesting, cool things. And especially with them owning Twitch, like there is potential for them to enhance the Twitch experience and make interactive games that are with streamers and people uh, consuming the, the, being in Twitch chat and all that stuff it's like there's so much potential for cool stuff um as well as potential for classic style games like mmos that they're doing a great job with now like that's very cool to see i hope they continue to succeed yeah i also was in the same boat where um i haven't played like it's just not my genre really so the the chance of me playing an mmo it's like i'd have to have like a lot of a, a nice window of time where i could really dig into it and give it a fair shot i'm still kind of looking for you know, a way into that genre. And then let alone like the Amazon involvement, I'm like, oh, they haven't like done anything in a really long time that was, you know, wor super worthy of attention. So for this to kind of drop, and for me, I also like wasn't in tune with it where I wasn't hearing the rumblings of people sort of calling that it'd be good. So when it came out and everyone was like, oh yeah, it's so good. Like, you know, we were like squatting up or whatever. I don't play MMOs, so I don't know any of the terminology. You know, <laughs> we're, we're out there, we're doing the thing, have an adventure, I guess, right? Something like that. Um, like, I was really surprised uh, by how how well it's doing. Um, so, yeah, this could be, you know, the start of something big for that vertical. Um, and someone in the chat, Errol, mentioned uh, on the Twitch chat, people don't want uh, corporations controlling everything, I guess, like big corporations, sort of in, in reference to the reaction to Google Stadia and maybe like some of the reception to Amazon. Um, I think that's kind of twofold. Like with Google, it was definitely a people were like, this is going to suck. It's not going to be good. And it's not the right time for it. There was sort of a pushback to the idea, in my view, more than like it being Google. I think with Amazon there, it's more of a reaction to what they've produced, where they haven't really done anything until now. Um, and then also a combination of like there are plenty of people who aren't a fan of how massive Amazon is and Amazon's practices and all these other tie out hangups that you might have with the company but i do think in reference to the idea of not wanting like big corporations coming in and like getting a stronghold i mean microsoft and xbox right like they weren't always like a lot of these companies weren't 
always just making games like they started from other places i mean even nintendo wasn't originally making video games they kind of broke into that market and now that's their core identity um same can be said for kind of all these players in the space um for like the larger ones at least obviously we see some small things pop up like you know play dates gonna drop sometimes we see like niche consoles or or different like slices of the market but in terms of the big players you kind of need like a lot of money and power to be able to really break in because especially with games becoming more and more expensive uh to make so um unfor- unfortunately or kind of like a just by result by design it's always going to be the bigger players um and that just kind of is how it is uh, at the end of the day for me i i just want there to be good games and you know good stuff made more people collaborating and from that i think that another benefit too of just more places in the space like it can create more opportunities for collaboration and maybe those developers you know they get their start at amazon maybe they go form their own thing like i i just want good studios and good places for people which hopefully an amazon game studio is run well like i guess there's some hesitation there as well but um yeah i i just want the games to be good and you know hopefully all the other stuff falls in line as well absolutely well said Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and take a quick break uh, and hear a word from our sponsors. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by DoorDash. Picture this. It's been a long week. You're glued to your couch. You're in your pajamas. In fact, you haven't seen your real clothes in weeks. And then it happens. Your stomach rumbles. But don't get off your couch. Why don't you treat yourself tonight with something from DoorDash? DoorDash brings you what you want to eat right now, right to your door. But you also get groceries and other essentials delivered with DoorDash. Get drinks, snacks, and other household items in under an hour. With over 300,000 partners, you can support your neighborhood's go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Popeye's, Chipotle, and Cheesecake Factory. Snowbike Mike loves DoorDash. He loves nothing more than getting his iced chai lattes delivered to him every morning so he can be fresh and ready to go for the day's work. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code GAMES2021. That's 25% off, up to $10 value, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code GAMES2021. Don't forget, that's code GAMES2021 for 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Subject to change, terms apply. We are also brought to you by Honey. I'm about to blow your mind. Did you know there's a wrong way to shop online? I got news for you, buddy. If you're not shopping with Honey, you've been doing it wrong. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best ones it finds to your cart. Honey supports over 30,000 stores online and is super, super easy to use. Say you're shopping on one of your favorite sites and you go to checkout. The Honey button will drop down and all you gotta do is click apply coupons and wait as Honey works its magic looking for codes it can use for that site. If it finds a working coupon, you'll watch the price drop. Kevin and Tim use Honey all the time, especially now as we're ramping up the new studio. They're never not shopping online without Honey because they like saving money, and I like when they save me money. It's great. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out on free savings. It's literally free and installs in a few seconds. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this podcast. We never recommend something we don't use here personally, so get Honey for free at joinhoney.com games. That's joinhoney.com games. We're also brought to you by American Giant. American Giant does a lot more than make the greatest hoodie ever made, which is already kind of a big deal. That's why they produce everything in America with the added bonus of getting to obsess over every single detail of their clothing at every step. American Giant began with the belief that local makes better, every detail matters, and the clothes you wear every day should be beautiful and durable. 
The folks over at American Giant call themselves that because they know the power of supporting local manufacturers, communities, and workers. Tim is a hoodie fanatic, and he swears by these American Giant hoodies. He loves this company, and you will too. But hey, guess what? They didn't stop at the greatest hoodie ever made. They expanded well beyond it, continuing to revolutionize your everyday wardrobe and leaving things better than they were before. Explore American Giant's collection of durable essentials at American-Giant.com. And you get 20% off when you use the code KFGD at checkout. That's 20% off at American-Giant.com, promo code KFGD. One. Yo, and we are back. Uh, let's talk about PlayStation top downloads for September. Um, also, I do want to point out this is on the PlayStation blog, and they have their own charts separate for free-to-play games and VR games. That way, all the charts aren't just like Art. Fortnite's killing it again because Fortnite's like always super heavily downloaded. Uh, Tim, I know you have yeah, not looked at these lists. Yes, <laughs> these lists yet. Um, so let's do top ten PS5 games this September. What games do you think are in the top ten? And I'll just let you know if they're here or not. We'll go okay. real quick. Top ten games on PSN downloaded. on PS5. Yes. In September. Yes. You okay. got PS5. You're out here downloading. Kana is on the list. It's not going to be on there, yes. number one, but it's on the list. Mm-hmm. Deathloop. Yep. I'm going to say guarantee on the list is an NBA 2K game. I just don't know yep. if a new one is out now. So I'm going to cheat and just say NBA 2K 20 something. Yep. <laughs> That'll be on the list. A GTA 5 probably. No, that one's mm-hmm. not on the list. Shucks. Uh, but wait till that new version comes out, and then it will definitely be on the list. Oh, probably Ghost, Ghost Director's Cut. Mm-hmm. Death Stranding Director's Cut? Yes. Oh, shit. Okay, okay. Yo, you're killing it. I think you only, you only missed one so far. So do you can do four more, or you can just be like, I had, don't have any more ideas. I, I'm, trying, I'm, ju- I'm just trying to rack my brain about, like, what games would have came out that would sell well? It's hot in the streets oh, on PS5. Madden, Madden, Madden 22. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh huh. Fuck yep. yeah. Oh, no, uh, you're doing so well. Okay, yeah, three left. I, I, I don't, Jet. No. Yeah, <laughs> no. I, I don't know. I'm out. I'm, I'm out of steam here. Okay, that's fair. All right, let's run down the list. Uh, we'll go from top to bottom. Number one is NBA 2K22. Number two, Deathloop. Number three, Kano Bridge of Spirits. Number four, Diablo 2 Resurrected. Someone oh. on chat said Toem. No, but Toem is really good. Like, Greg really likes it. I haven't gotten around to it yet. Very cool should have called Diablo. Chicory's also not on there, Ted. Um, five, Madden NFL 22. Six, A Ghost of Tsushima's Director's Cut. Seven, Tales of Arise. Eight, Marvel Spider-Man, Miles Morales. Oh, Nine, shit. Death Strain Director's Cut. And ten, this one surprised me, Life is Strange, True Colors. Those are the top 10 for PS5. Let's run through PS4 real quick, and then we'll kind of talk about compare and contrast real quick and and see what what surprises may have been on here. So this is the PS4 uh, downloads. We got NBA 2K22. Mm -hmm. Number two, Madden NFL 22. Number three, Diablo 2 Resurrected. Number four, GTA 5. Number five, Minecraft. Number six, Red Dead Redemption 2. Number seven, Need for Speed Heat. Number eight, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Number nine, Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales. And 10, Insurgency Sandstorm. Does anything on this list surprise you on any of the two lists? I made the mistake of saying GTA 5 because it's not on PS5 yet. 
That's why it's not oh, on the yeah. list. It would have been otherwise. Um, the the thing that surprises me about the first list is Kana being as high as it is, number three. Like that is really fucking awesome for a for that studio's first game, smaller team, and damn, PlayStation exclusive, and they did it, and it's doing the damn thing. Like that is very impressive, and makes me very happy. I want a sequel to Kana so bad because I loved Kana. But you just see the potential of what a sequel could be. There's, it's so rough around the edges that it's like, oh, just a simple tweak here and a little fix there would make the sequel so much better. So, uh, yeah, great news. Yeah, I also was pretty surprised by that just because that's a pretty high ranking. Like to have it above the fact that like Madden NFL isn't higher, I guess, is a little bit surprising to me. But yeah, to have that be so high up um, above Diablo 2, above like other, you know, larger like established franchises because mm-hmm. it is a new ip i think is really impressive um and then i was surprised life is strange true colors is on there because i feel like even though i think those games do sell well in terms of top 10 like i'm just surprised it broke through at that degree um because it is a little bit more niche of a genre it's um a multiple entry in a franchise i do know a lot of people are recommending this as a starting point which i am one of those people if you've never played life is strange game just jump to straight to two colors, you'll be fine. Um, but I'm still sort of surprised to see that in there. Um, yeah, I love the, I like the spread of games on PS5. And I feel like it speaks to, like, looking at PS5 versus PS4, I feel like we're starting to see, like, the vibes of PS5 versus, like, the ever-aging vibes of the PS4. And it makes me excited as, like, a PlayStation 5 owner to, like, we're finally kind of starting to get in there where we get a couple things that are only on PS5 or we get like, even if it's just like we're maxing out the potential, something like, you know, the director's cut, which you can play on PS4, but it's like, yeah, but like, it's really exciting if you're on something like PS5 where you can get the most of the hardware and of those games. So I I feel like the top 10 on PS5 is pretty fresh and exciting. And then the top 10 on PS4 is like a little bit mixed, right? And obviously there's some games that just always have a stronghold on the audience like GTA and Minecraft, but like, you know, the, the top the top games on PS4 are giving Black Friday deals to me a little bit. Interesting. I mean, yeah, it's, it's funny to look at the PS4 list of just the top 10. And in that 10, I'm not going to name like the specific title of the franchise because that's almost irrelevant to the conversation. NBA 2K, Madden, Grand Theft Auto, Minecraft, Red Dead Redemption, Call of Duty. Six of the top 10 are games that you can just kind of rely on to just be there always. For the rest of time and it's like sure that the iteration of it might change but they're just there and then the other ones i didn't name in that were spider-man miles morales uh insurgency sandstorm which i wouldn't have expected that's kind of random uh diablo 2 which cool new game coming out like that makes sense it charts and then need for speed heat which that must have been a sale or something like that must have just been like you know something happened with promotion to get a lot of you people trying to get behind that. the wheel you're trying to heat it up i actually forgot any of the details of need for speed heat <laughs> that's the miami one i think the miami colored one which looks yeah the, fuck. The, my mo- the strongest memory i have of need for speed heat i think is like driving straight into like a body of water or a pool <laughs> well just like going around the world um but yeah I, I think that's a good observation where it is like whenever you have the like heavy rotation things in the top 10 to me that says that there wasn't anything interesting enough to knock it out of there because that's sort of when you see like those common games fall and you see this across like every platform there's always like those couple games that are always going to be charting all the time forever um but when you have like a lot of interesting compelling releases like things can eventually you know knock them down and shake it up and obviously you know we see the sports sim stuff on on ps5 as well uh but yeah this also is a reminder that i know i need to play tales of arise 
it just, I'm very intimidated. It's so long. I don't really do JRPGs that often, which the good news of that, I'm like, I almost hope I could play a little bit of it and not like it, because then I don't have to play more. <laughs> like, I'm worried I'm going to think it's good and then be like, I don't have 60 hours to commit to this. Yeah. But yeah, uh, anything from this list that you haven't played that you want to play on the top 10 PS5? Uh, I, I still haven't made my way all the way through Deathloop. I'm, I'm like, that's just one Ooh. of those games where I wasn't on the review uh, with you guys. So I, I'm just kind of like, hey, there's no rush for this. Uh, so yeah, I'm like, I'm halfway through i want to say and i'm fucking loving it it's so damn good um awesome. but yeah otherwise the other ones i'm I, I, ghost is another one i need to get into at some point and actually play through director's cut um but uh an interesting thing i want to bring up from the the chat here is uh give me one sec i want to find this so death while you're looking for that death loop is my game of the year right now we'll see if it holds firm i know yours is still our full escape yes it's Artful Escape, but I want to give a major shout out to Halo Infinite's multiplayer, which is a transformative experience that brings me back to being 13 years old, but modernizes it in a way that I'm just like, holy shit, this is so much damn fun. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I so far, and I, I'm not expecting the campaign to blow me away at a game game of the year standard. Um, so Artful Escape would still be my my number one. Um, I am still looking for this. I'm sorry, I'm not going to give you credit for, for saying it, but somebody in the chat was like, it's interesting to look at the PS4 uh, list and it starts to feel last gen. Like, it, it, yes. we're finally at a point where the, the PS5 list and the PS4 list like is showing why a PS5 matters to, for, or why next gen is here uh, with things like Kena and Deathloop. So pretty cool. Yeah. And like, even the director's cuts, which I, I, you know, that's kind of cheating, but it's like, that's what the Switch did to succeed for <laughs> so long as well. Um, you do what you I, need to. But, you know, this is just going to continue to just get heavier and heavier with uh, PS5 exclusive titles. And that's pretty cool. Yeah, um, I feel pretty similar. That's kind of something I voiced like near the top of like at least this segment um, where it finally is starting to feel like we are getting there. Um, though having a PS5, I will say like I uh, totally obsessed with it. Loved it since day one. Don't want to go back in any way, shape or form. Even just the design, which I know is like still contentious and like it is kind of ugly. But like I like that it's it's just like a tall kind of weird looking contraption little skyscraper on my desk like i swapped one time i had to swap that out for the ps4 because i need to like upload a save or something and i'm just like oh like it just looks so like dated now i'm like i don't want anything to do with this thing um so loving my funny. ps5 and uh cannot wait to uh have this you know the full generation with my yep. ps5 and all my consoles um uh, edwin, but... edwin rivera in the chat was the person that nice. said it so thank you good point. yeah shout out um, all right. Uh, speaking of sports sims that are always ranking, uh, let's talk about one sports sim that might have a new name. Uh, EA is exploring the idea of dropping the FIFA name. This comes from Tom Phillips at Eurogamer. The article reads, future FIFA games may give up the rights to use the FIFA name, EA has said. In a recent blog post, EA mentioned it was currently exploring the idea of renaming the franchise. This means we're reviewing our naming rights agreement with FIFA. EA Sports boss Cam Weber said, which is separate from all our other official partnerships and licenses across the football world. Um, in other words, FIFA 23 may be called something else uh, next year, though expected to still contain the same wide array of licensed clubs and footballers. EA specifically called out the various leagues it has exclusive rights to, such as the UEFA Champions and Europa Leagues, Premier League, Bundesliga. Don't expect those to go anywhere. And I realize that some people also... I'd, I feel like people know this and it's common knowledge, but like FIFA as a name, like you might be wondering, oh, where does that come from? It's the federation, right? That exists to govern football and to develop 
the game around the world like it's like how nba 2k like the nba is a is a thing that exists outside of games it's that kind of situation um yeah this is you know well first of all tim i know you're you're not you're not a fifa boy but any no. uh surprised by this do you think it'd be weird to have it be yes. a different name I do think it'd be weird. I don't think it'd be the end of the world. I think the name recognition does go a long way with FIFA, but I think that the majority of FIFA players, it doesn't matter what the game's called. They know what it is. They know where to look for it. And it's like, they're going to just buy it. It's not like, I, I doubt there are many people like walking into gaming stores being like, oh, I guess I'll get this FIFA game that I know nothing about that wouldn't just walk in and be like, oh, I guess I'll get this, whatever the fuck else they call it, the World Cup game or whatever. I don't know. I have no idea what they would call it. Um, but it's funny to look at the stuff and like the licensing of sports and all that, where it's like, cool, we have, you know, NBA 2K, we have NFL 2K, or at least we did, whatever. And then we just have Madden <laughs> named after John Madden. Yeah. <laughs> like that. Yeah. That is interesting. <laughs> that is funny. But like, that's like the, uh, that's so iconic in Madden though. Like, you yeah. know, when I first started, I I actually did play Madden for a while. I feel like most people don't know this about me. I, I played around like Madden 03. I was really heavy into. I think that was the one that was on the GameCube. But, you know, oh, yeah. just whatever year it was, y'all, and you'll figure it out. Um, But yeah, I played a lot of it because my brother was really into it. And he's like, I need someone to play with me, you know, and I'm like, all right. And we started with like a huge gap of skill between us because he actually knows football, too. So it's like, well, obviously knowing the sport makes it easier to be good at the the, the yeah. sim of it um and i would just start out like i'd ask madden everything man i make one call when i first started <laughs> i make one call myself i'm like you already know we it's basically like i was just kind of like a a slightly more advanced but also worse um cpu essentially i'm like i'm just That's asking so madden funny what to i do. love that i mean and i'm right there with you like, yeah for, for me it was it was madden 04 but yeah same same idea my friend would play and i play with him and i'm like i don't even know what the fuck i'm doing but it was fun yeah it was and like we just you know the in a nice way something i recommend to everybody who might have like skill gaps in your household or with your friends like just have and this this only works if like the everyone isn't like super egotistical but just have them pick like a way better team like that's how we started off where my brother had like a really really like the lowest level team you could have and i had like the superstar all-star like best team in the league and then eventually, as I got better at the game, we're like, OK, now we can just pick whatever team like, you know, I, I would uh, be like the Oakland Raiders like all the time. Um, like, I still remember I have so many fond memories of that game specifically of like because my brother was better than me and like get, having that moment where I'm like, OK, your quarterback just got injured. Like, you're fucked now. I got this. And then I remember it was like a Thanksgiving. We were like getting ready to go to my cousin's house. And I'm like, I'm going to win. It's all set up. You got an injury like I'm good. But then my mom's like, oh, we have to I have to braid your hair to go to your cousin's house like you know i would have won and he's like technically we'll never know and i'm like oh you're right you're right Love that. um yeah pain so much pain see nowadays we could just suspend the game or something and we wouldn't have these problems but exactly that was my one and only delve into Amer the american football side of things but i've been playing fifa since i think fifa 2016 was the title that i got into um i do think it'd be weird i feel like it might hurt sales potentially like i wonder and i wonder how much of this is we're wondering if we care about having this name and we're wondering if we want to spend the money that it takes to keep this name. Like how I'm sure, you know, money always plays a role in everything, even though no one ever talks about it because it makes you seem like kind of shysty, even though it's a business. Um, but I, I hope they keep the name. I feel like it's it. I can't imagine it being called anything else. And I know like, well, is that old saying, right? A rose by a different name. Is it would it smell as good or does smell as good? I actually don't remember. It's kind of important to the analogy. I've but I don't that, know. I'm going really? to go with wood because wood. That, make, yeah. that makes it. it I, I love that. Good. I love that. It sounds So that part's shit. true. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I just know, though, if they ever 
do oh my god someone in chat said it was the the milkman said fake injury similar 2023 hilarious and very accurate uh there's a lot of <laughs> floppers in soccer but i do know that if they do change it for next year oh my god oh you know rip to the the gamestop employees where people are going to come in and they're gonna be asking hey do you guys have the new fifa and they're gonna say yes but it's not called fifa and like i just hate that they're gonna have to have conversation all the live long day um so sorry if that's you if you're listening and you work at gamestop and if this change happens get ready to explain this to every single customer forever um but fifa's name or lack of name is so far away uh, if I want to know what is coming to mom and grab shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. I was straight up the Super Mario 64 theme and I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly like don't even know what I do there. I just do the same sound every time and I have no Nailed it. source in my mind, um, I'm just like, this, this is what we do. Uh, but out today, we got a bunch of stuff out today. Uh, Far Cry 6 on PS5, PS4, Series X slash S, 1 and PC. No longer home on Xbox One and Switch. Pretty Girls Mahjong Solitaire on Switch. Creepy Tales 2 on Switch. Prehistoric Life Puzzle Switch. Panda Ball on Switch. Jackaxe on Switch. Drumbox on Switch. Sophia's World on Switch. Pan Morphia on Switch. See, people are asking, like, what am I playing on my Switch? It answers itself, people. Uh, Balloon Pop, Learning, Letters, Numbers, Colors, Games for Kids on Switch. The Lightbringer, Switch and PC. Business Tour Deluxe, Switch. The Marauder Chronicles, Curse Over Valdria on Switch. Lotus Bloom on Switch. Infinite Corp Cyberpunk Card Game on Switch. Game Beast on Switch. Age of Darkness, Final Stand on PC. Whisper Trip, Chapter 1 on PC. And Blade of Darkness on PC. Also, you know, I, I pulled this from uh, Kotaku's like, you know, what's out this week uh, whenever I'm doing this, uh, as most of us do. And I always think about how, since I, I kind of just like, I'm like, y'all could mess with me and insert any name here and i would just not know so <laughs> like, and i have that fear every second of every day uh but uh tim do you want to grab the you're wrong so i read out tomorrow's and well there's only one day left tomorrow uh, who the hosts are um it's me and it's blessing hey. that's friday yeah. uh and if you're watching live on twitch what do you we have coming up next Coming up next, we are going to live react to the resident evil welcome to raccoon city movie trailer and then it's another one of the big ones. Metal Gear Solid 3 stream with Barrett, Courtney, and Blessing, and Mike. And I think that's it. I'm not sure, but stay tuned. It's going to be fun. Nope. Uh, and then you're wrong. Uh, Nanobiologist writes in with the only thing saying PlayStation TV Studios called PlayStation Productions. There we Thank go. You. Thank you very Thank you for much. that insight. Mm -hmm. um, an almost completely flawless run. Um, so yeah, make sure you catch that stream and subscribe to youtube.com slash plays if you end up catching it later and not live. This has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. We're each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv. Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. Uh, we have a Patreon post show for those who are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.